The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Pick 6 Podcast. We are proud partners of Underdog Podcasts. You can also find us streaming on YouTube at youtube.com slash theunderdog. You are listening as usual to Sean and Brad. How you doing, my friend? I'm chilling, you dig? How you doing? I, I, I dig. Boy, do I dig. I'm, I, dude, I'm, <laughs> I, you know what? I'm tired. Like My wife bought decaf coffee because I'm like, I'm, I'm going to get coffee. So don't buy me any more caffeine. And then she bought me decaf. So I had two cups of decaf coffee just searching for that caffeine. Wait, you didn't know it? You didn't know you were drinking decaf? No, I knew I was drinking decaf, but um, um, I was just hoping that maybe two cups would do it, and then like I started feeling all weird. But it's my fault, because I told her not to buy it in the first place, because I don't know myself. I don't know my body. Yeah, you don't know who you are. <sighs> anyway, um, so Pick 6 <laughs> Podcast. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, Pick 6 Podcast, pretty simple um, here. You know, Brad, if Brad likes any teasers, we'll talk about them. We're going to be talking about games against the spread, and then we're going to talk, be talking about our favorite daily fantasy players. The games we were talking about this week are Kansas City and Denver, Jacksonville and Cincinnati, Cincinnati um, San Francisco and Washington, New Orleans and Chicago, Philadelphia and Dallas, New England and the Jets. So we got some divisional matchups. We got some interdivisional matchups. And we'll get going there. Brad, do you uh, have any notes? Um, I know earlier this week on Get Paid, we uh, we came out against the officiating. Um, I think the uh, the moral of the story there is that we hate Al, Al Riveron. I certainly do. Um, but anything else, man, um, that uh, that pops out at you? Uh, officiating related or just no, in just general? in general, just general talk. Uh, it's just in general. It's it's really amazing to me how how impressive and stacked the NFC is. Yeah, it's really quite astonishing. I mean, you know, I think that I think Green Bay is fantastic. But are they better than um, Seattle? Are they better than New Orleans? Are they better than maybe even Philly, who's got two more losses? You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's hard to say, and not just Green Bay, but you can talk about any of the teams like that. Right? I feel like at this point, if you were to take the Patriots out of the AFC, let's just pretend that team didn't exist. And I know a lot of people out there would like that to be the case, um, sure. especially teams that want to win a Super Bowl. Um, if you take the Patriots out there, you could probably make the same argument for the AFC too. I think at this point, New England has separated after you know the recent losses. I'm not freaking out about Kansas City. I still think they're very good. Um, but I think New England has separated themselves in the AFC and everybody's kind of chasing them. Whereas in the NFC, I agree with you. It, it seems like based on matchups, I mean, Philly took care of business with, it, at Green Bay. Um, I think it was at Green Bay. Maybe, maybe it not. Was, it, it was. It was at okay. Green Bay, yeah. Yeah, and so that was a touchdown. You know, it, it's a seven-point game, I guess, if you look at the score. But it was closer than that, I feel like. And, um, you know, so many teams could come out of the NFC. It's just hard for me, having watched the last 20 years in New England dominate, think that anybody in the AFC other than New England when New England's playing their best ball is going to win. So I feel like the the NFL in general is deep. Like you know, the it AFC is, South I do I do these power rankings Brad and last week um, or maybe two weeks ago, I left the whole AFC South off because I'm just like they're all two and two and I'm like I, yeah, I like all these yeah, teams. I know, I know. It, it, I don't know point, who I like the best. The Texans are Philly, who are New Orleans, who are Indy who are Green Bay, right? Like yeah. they're all like these A minus to B plus, mm-hmm. you know, Seattle, San Francisco. They're all they're all right in line, right? B plus to A A minus teams. Yeah. And I maybe mean, to your point, New England is the only A plus. 
And and maybe and maybe New Orleans is an A plus when when Breeze comes back because they're damn yeah. good with Bridgewater, mind you. But when Breeze comes back, maybe New Orleans is there. Uh, you know, at Green Bay, I wouldn't say are there quite yet, but they're damn I good would too. Either. Um, I, I actually, I mean, I like Philly, but they got embarrassed. <laughs> Stephon, they, they were cousins. They were they were kirked, as we said earlier in the week. Yeah, they were kirked. Yeah, they were kirked, man. You want to play Kirk in nationally televised games, man. If he's at home and nobody likes him, man, that's that's the game that he. Uh, that's it. That's, the, yeah, that's, that's, that's when you get the, the you like that. Yeah, yeah, it's the you like that game. You get a you like that game every time yeah. Kirk Cousins is at home and he has no expectations. He's going to put up seven touchdowns on you. Gonna, yeah, yeah, he's going to boast about it too. Yeah, I know he's going to walk around. <laughs> peacock. That's, what you, that's what you like that. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Let's dig into uh, to the games here, um, and we're just going to go in order, I guess. Um, you know, from from Thursday night, which I very, very, very rarely bet a Thursday night game, Brad. Although this year I am like five and one <laughs> Thursday night. Yeah, games. The, the Thursday it's night. Wild. I know, I know you have your take on Thursday night, but it doesn't seem to be the conundrum that it used to this year. I don't know why. I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe it's the law of averages, and I'm finally catching up on my poor performance in Thursday night games in years past. Um, but you know, this is just a matchup I like. Um, so it's Kansas City minus four at Denver, and I'll I'll start with this one, Brad. Um, I like Kansas City anytime they're less than a touchdown favorite because of the offensive power. Tyreek Hill is back, sure, Damian Williams sure. is back, so their best running, their most explosive running back, and their most explosive receivers back. Will Sammy Watkins play? I don't know. Um, it's that time of year in the NFL where everybody's a little injured. Now, if you look at Denver from a health point of view, you have um, you know Flacco's fine, Lindsey's fine, Freeman's fine, but Emmanuel Sanders is on the injury report. You have issues in the offensive line. The defense has come up with some injuries, although they've pl- been playing lights out. No, you know, no arguing how lights out they've been playing the last couple of weeks. And they're at home in Denver. That's a tough place to play. Kansas City coming off of two losses. It's hard for me to believe that Andy Reid is going to be outfoxed by a first-time head coach Fangio mm-hmm. there. I think it's Vic Fangio. I always call him Fangio, like Cher or like, uh, I don't know. What's another one? What's, what's another one? Oprah. Mm-hmm. Um, Fangio. But um, I, I have a hard time believing Kansas City doesn't win this by a touchdown. I thought I think this is a uh-huh. touchdown game. I think the betting public, they saw Houston and they saw Indianapolis beat Kansas City. Both teams, which I thought, and I there's tape on this, I thought would give Kansas City issues. I think Denver will also give Kansas City issues, but I don't think the offense, unlike um, you know what we saw with uh, Houston, I don't think the offense can really exploit the Kansas City weaknesses on offense, like the other two teams um, in the past uh, couple weeks have been played them. I think Mahomes, you know, I want to pay attention to that ankle. I know he's got a stiff ankle. Obviously, his footwork is a little bit loose because of that. I want to see him play a little bit better, but I think Kansas City gets it done this week, Brad. What do you think? Uh, I think the same thing, man. And besides all the X's and O's and, and who's better and, and, and why, I just think that Kansas City, uh, they've lost two straight. They mm-hmm. haven't looked great, and it's about time they write the ship. And that's yeah. just exactly what they're going to do. I don't care where they're at this week, man. I think they're just going to write the ship and and play a great game. Yeah, I I agree, and it's it's really that is it. It's it's Andy Reid when you're like a, a really good head coach, and I think it's is people who who follow any of my podcasts know. I think it's Belichick is up here, Andy Reid is about here, and then everybody else is vying for right there. And that would include Sean Payton. No, no offense to you uh, Saints fans out there who I know love that uh, visor wearing big red chewing or juicy fruit is it? I can't that remember. Pucker face. Sucker. He always look. He always looks like he's sucking fart out of something. But he, uh, he does. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, 
teary eyes and everything, like a bad fart. He's sucking bad fart out of something. But, oh, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I just think Andy Reid, man, I respect him too much as a head coach. I think he'll get this this team going. It's hard. It, like I said, this wouldn't shock me if it was a two-touchdown game. I, this is the only Thursday night game I've played this season outside of the season opener um, with New England and Pittsburgh. I I like Kansas City. I don't love betting a Thursday, and I also don't, by the way, love betting London games, but I got one of those earlier in the season as well. So, um, Okay, let's move it on, Brad. Next game on our list, we have Jacksonville minus 3.5 at Cincinnati. Brad, do you want to take this one away? Uh, I think Jacksonville's a little bit stronger, you know. Cincinnati, it doesn't seem like they – maybe they're taking as well. You know, I've been hearing accusations that the Dolphins are taking. I don't know. I found that hard to believe. I don't uh, think they're. I don't think they're tanking. I think that people – because Miami trade look guys you're allowed to trade your players and um I won't go on too long of a tangent but you know when the Browns let a bunch of free agents walk um in free agency to recoup as many compensatory picks as you that's can That's right that's right That's a strategy that that's you right. should do you know if you're Miami okay you traded Laramie Tunzel who the hell cares if you're a Dolphins fan do you really think that left tackle is going to take you into the playoffs really That's right and it and I think, you know, the, the reward for getting the first pick is not as juicy as no. it would be for, like, the NBA. I mean, let's say it's the NBA, you know, LeBron's coming in the draft. This is changing your entire team for 15 years, right? right? So yes. that tanking makes sense, but it doesn't work that way in the NFL. It, it, look, you could – maybe you get the guy. Maybe you get, you know, maybe, a Maybe, but is there a maybe. guy – is there – the last guy, quote-unquote guy, that I remember coming out of college that everybody's like, this is a slam dunk, Hall of Fame-type level quarterback, and that's luck. what I'm talking about, right? Luck. Yeah, luck. luck was luck. the last one, and then before him, I can't even Peyton. remember – who was it? Peyton Manning was, You're was right. a guy that, right. that they knew was going to be the guy, and he was treated as such, and he turned out to be the guy. Right. right? And, and like I think you can make the argument that Jamarcus Russell was that kind of talent, but I don't remember the hype. Like I remember Luck and Manning being like, those are the guys. And I also remember Brian Leaf that same season. Yeah, um, okay. So so to that point, I mean, you, you can find guys in the third round. I think Russell yes. Wilson was taken in the third round. Uh Aaron Rodgers was in the first round, but late. Okay, um, and we could, dude, we could spend a, a, a day and a half going yes. down the line, right? Yep. So I, I think it's stupid to assume that they're tanking. I, um, I, and you know, you know, it, 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 you know, acquiring draft picks is a valid strategy. And let me just say this yeah. about the people that think they're tanking. Okay, so they see that they see the optics of a team. Well, they're getting rid of all their stars. Well, they're getting rid of all their stars so that they can build a championship cycle. You can't. Again, like four years from now, Laramie Tunzel, he's an older tackle. Like, what is, you know, I'm sorry, you can replace him in the draft, you know, a left tackle at his caliber. You can replace him in the draft in the in the later rounds if you groom and you put a system in place. Like the Patriots, are they drafting Laramie Tunzel type players every year in the, in the freaking draft? No. What they'll end up doing is they'll draft some weird, like, guard in the second round that nobody's ever heard of, and then they turn him into, like, a guy that is an yeah. all-pro. Um, yeah, the guy that right. they—I can't remember his name. Logan Mankins is an example of that, mm-hmm. and I think he might have been even in the first round. But anyway, yeah, Miami, like, when I watched the games— and I, the, Miami was one of the very, and it might even actually be the only one game this year. I might have missed, I might have missed one last week. But I say, I tell everybody, I watch every single game, and I do, Brad. You know, I do. I, I couldn't bring myself to watch this yeah. Miami Washington game. I couldn't do it. I, I saw the score, I saw the highlights as they were coming on, and I watched so much Redskins and I've watched so much Dolphins this year. I knew exactly what happened. I didn't even need to watch it. I'm sorry, I just don't need to. But um. Mm. Uh, and I don't want to put myself through it. But yeah, man, like Miami. <laughs> um, 
Miami, I just don't I don't think they're tanking, man. They play hard. Um, Cincinnati, I don't think they're tanking. I think they're coached poorly. I, I and think plus, that's can it. you could you ever convince the thought of it now is so ludicrous. Yeah, right. The, the, okay, so the players, though, they could never tank. Maybe the organization has a strategy long term sure. that includes getting rid of talent. But the players on the field, could you imagine telling a guy, you know, hey, uh, for the sake of the Dolphins organization, don't get two sacks today? Yeah. Because of it, right? And, and yeah. Oh, and yeah. A, by the way, we we pay you bonus on your sacks, but why don't we? Right. Why don't we? Why don't we just? Uh, why don't you eat that two hundred thousand dollars that comes with totally. your double-digit tax? And oh, by the way, this is your career as a man, and yeah. we'd appreciate it if you just kind of said goodbye to it for our sake. Hey, why don't it's we so- go zero and sixteen and put our coaching staff at jeopardy, and then you have a full season of bad tape? Why don't you go ahead and do that yeah, so you never you get a job that? again and and oh, screw your pension? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a sounds, good idea. That sounds, that sounds like a good Tanking idea. Does, I. Agree agree with you brad like organizationally you can you can you can get rid of your talent and you can put kind of like a quote-unquote a weaker product on the field and maybe you'll lose some games but again you know with respect to miami and this is a difference in my opinion between miami and cincinnati with respect to miami i see miami playing hard not to say that's too yeah i mean they're they're doing they're doing their best the god they're bless them they're the doing they their can, best but aren't they <laughs> what's that they're doing the best they can, aren't they? And I got to say, I, re- I, I respect the coaching staff that can keep a team together like that. You know, mm-hmm. that like this team obviously sucks and they're they're playing OK. They need they need help everywhere. They need depth. They need everything. But Cincinnati, what concerns me about them back to the Jacksonville and Cincinnati mm-hmm. game mm-hmm. is they can't. I've been saying this for weeks now. Joe Mixon and Gio Bernard are too damn good to not be able to get any involvement, any yeah, yeah, in the may, passing yeah. of the running game. I am a big seller. Now, Zach Taylor, uh, so Matt LaFleur, right? Matt LaFleur was a, uh, you could call a protege, but he was with um, McVay and the Rams, and I think he was also a quality control guy with the Redskins when McVay was there. Um, Zach Taylor, I don't believe he was with the Redskins, but I think he was like literally like an offensive assistant where I think he might have been like a one-year offensive assistant, maybe two years or something like that. Like LaFleur... Moved on, and he was the offensive coordinator of Tennessee and then got the Green Bay job. It's like Zach Taylor was just like on the staff around McVay. I don't know, man. I'm not a believer. As I said uh, earlier this week on the Get Paid Brad, I am selling on Freddie Kitchens. I'm selling on Zach Taylor, two coaches in the AFC North. I'm not yeah. into him. I'm not into him. I like the guys that everybody always rumored to be fired and moving on. I like Mike Tomlin and I like uh, Harbaugh. Um, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're stable. They, you know, they can keep the, the teams moving in the right direction. Pittsburgh winning a game last week, tough game against the Chargers with yeah. a third-string quarterback. You know, talk about coaches that keep those guys going um, and playing hard. I don't like what Zach Taylor's doing. What I do like about Cincinnati, let me throw some love, is A.J. Green is questionable this week. He true, might be back. True. If he's back and Jalen Ramsey continues to do Jalen Ramsey things, this could change the complexion of the game. Uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't figured it out, Brad and I are on Jacksonville this week. Um, Jacksonville minus three and a half. Neither Brad and I like to lay that half point. Maybe tease it down um, if you can't bet it down to three. But I don't know. Like, Brad, your point, I like what Jacksonville's doing. We're talking about the guy. You can get guys mm-hmm. in later rounds. I like this Gardner Minshew. Me too. Six-round rookie. Plays with a lot of balls. Um, Six round. He does. He has an energy. He to just him like has Brad that Favre. it. Yeah, right. Like he, Brad Favre was exciting to watch yeah. for some reason or another. And I think this guy has it. He's very likable and he's enthused out like no one else, right? Yeah. And he just has that. And I think the team rallies around him. I think um I think that Nick Foles is gonna lose.
lose his job to this guy. I think you have to, you have to give this guy a shot. Yeah, um, well, that's, with that's how he's Nick Foles' MO. I think he prefers, prefers it, actually. Yeah, I know. He's like the – if you ever watch Blue Mountain State, it's about this uh, – you know, this ridiculous college football program, and it revolves around the backup quarterback, and all he wants to do is be the backup because he never gets injured. He never gets any criticism. People love him everywhere he goes, and he always, um, you know, meets a nice young woman um, to spend uh, a quality evening together with. Mm-hmm. And uh, and maybe that's Nick Foles' deal, I, although I know, I mean, not to parallel the character from that fictional show that I was just talking about because Nick Foles is a different kind of guy. But, yeah, I mean, Gardner Minshew, I mean, he's just got that it factor. Um I like what he's doing with uh, DJ Chark there. I like that Jacksonville supports him in the run game. Cincinnati's given up chunk yardage in the run game. I don't think they have anybody that can cover DJ Chark this week. I like all of the players in Daily Fantasy for Jacksonville. Can I say one thing, Sean? Go for it. There's, there's been a few teams this year where just switching the quarterback has created a spark that has in, in uh, um, just changed the dynamic of the entire team. The Giants all of a sudden have hope. Yeah. The... Um, the Jaguars are all of a sudden a different team mm-hmm. with a different feel. Um, and there's one other one. The pa- and the Panthers yeah. are, are rolling, man. They're rolling, man. That, I think that quarterback's undefeated in his starts. He is undefeated, right? Is right? He, what is he, 4-0 now? I mean, I actually, I haven't even looked at the Carolina Panthers record. I think he might be. And the dude, he here's what's different between, I think, Gardner Minshew and Kyle Allen, in my opinion. Gardner Minshew comes in, uh, I think it was week one, and I think it was against the Chiefs. <clears throat> and it was the first kind of like, hmm, this rookie quarterback's kind of rolling on the Chiefs. Maybe the Chiefs' defense needs some time to coalesce, which we know about. And, you know, we've already talked about the Chiefs this week anyway. But um, what's different to me is Kyle Allen is – he's leaning on Christian McCaffrey and Gardner Minshew's leaning on Leonard Fournette, but they're doing it differently. It's like everything is going through McCaffrey and all the explosive plays are going through McCaffrey and all of the passing seems to be short and controlled. And you can win mm. games like that. North Turner's doing a great job. No disrespect to Kyle Allen, um, who could be a future starter and probably, honestly, in my opinion, should be the starter. Is that sacrilege to say for Carolina to hear? I don't know. Um, but I think he should be the starter over Cam Newton. It's a different team. Um, it's a team that can execute accurately on time at the quarterback position instead of kind of going off schedule. Um, now Gardner Minshew is a little bit different because Gardner Minshew came in and he, like, he was like running the whole offense. I mean, mm-hmm. he comes in, he's throwing the mm-hmm. ball deep. He's throwing to DJ Chark. He's giving him a chance to catch. He's executing an offense already, which I'm just so like impressed by um, because I was I would think like even Daniel Jones, I mean, a lot of times you see like, you know, a, a talented offensive coach is going to scheme guys wide open and all that stuff. Gardner Minshew, I feel, is like making plays and making throws, throwing guys open, giving guys chances. And you don't see that from Daniel Jones or Kyle Allen yet. Emphasize yet. Yeah. And so right. that's why I just I just feel like Gardner Minshew is a quarterback you can build that team around. I'm really high on the guy. Now, I hate that Uncle Rico sketch. I'm going to bring it up every freaking time. I hate that Uncle Rico sketch. Yeah. It's not I don't fault. believe he looks like to, Uncle Rico. I'd have to assume it's not his fault. Can we can we say that? Yeah. No, no, no. Not, not, not Gardner Minshew's fault. It's all ESPN. Right. I hate ESPN's trash. Yeah. Trash network. I think they cornered him with that. And, uh, yeah. I think he he didn't have really he probably got in too deep because he's a, he's a sweet little guy and I think he got in too deep and, I love and that Gardner. Sports Center exploited him. Yeah, Sports Sports Center trying to ruin him, but nobody uh, can ruin Gardner Minshew. Nobody can ruin Gardner no, Minshew. But... In my book. <laughs> I love that Gardner Minshew, dude. Me too. I told you since so this week is supposed to be mustache week. I've been so busy I haven't shaved my beard down to the mustache. But uh, I was going to do my uh, an episode of the uh, three-point stance where I make three points, and it was all going to be – it's going to be three points why I love Gardner Minshew. And I was going to go down to the um, to the mustache, 
And then I was going to put a headband on and a wig because I'm bald under this hat. It's true. And it's sad, but true. And I was going to do the wig and I was going to do the whole thing in a red shirt, like a red, like practice Jersey quarterback. And I was just going to do the whole thing in Gardner Minshew. And I would look more like Gardner Minshew than freaking Uncle Rico, just saying that. Oh, um, Jacksonville, since I think we kind of kicked that one dead, right? I think okay, we could yeah. probably talk about that. Um, talk about that enough. We like yeah. Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville's just a stronger team. I don't think Cincinnati's playing tough um, for their coaching staff. The A.J. Green thing throws a little bit of a wrench into it for me, but I still like Jacksonville, man. I like this team, um, and uh, I like everything they're doing, man. I like this AFC South a lot more than I thought that they that I would, man. This is a very competitive division, as it turns out. So good for them. Uh, okay, Brad, third game on our list here. We have San Francisco minus 10 at Washington. Why don't you start off with San Francisco-Washington? Uh, San Francisco, do, do they not look incredible or what? I mean, Dominant. they're just – dominating that's i mean that's the word they're just dominating teams and they're doing it regularly and uh besides new england i feel like they're the only one to be doing that right mm-hmm. i mean green bay is winning seattle's winning but they these are dog fights they're in and it's not domination i know that much you know what i noticed about seattle um which i found interesting and i was i was watching these games and so seattle was one of our pick six last week which by the way i ended up taking the pittsburgh game off the board um once i found found out hodges was playing and, and not uh rudolph uh, so we actually went three and two last week, Brad. Although we would have uh-huh. gone four and two if I didn't take that off the board. But you know, pick six is going well. Uh, the um, the the I forgot where I was going with that. I trailed off. Um, San Francisco. Tell me about it. Oh no, Se- Seattle. So Seattle was. Um, it, they start every game slow, dude. They start every game slow. They and do. I was watching, they do. I was watching that game, that that Seattle Cleveland game, and I think Cleveland put up two quick touchdowns, or maybe like they were up ten to nothing or something like that, and. You know, the crowd was rolling in Cleveland and everything. And I remember, like, looking at that going, this happens to Seattle every week. They'll come back and win. And they they came back and won. I wasn't worried about the cover. We hit the cover there. Um, But to your point, Brad, like, what teams are dictating the game from start to finish? And I've seen – let me just roll off right. the top of my head. New England, definitely. San Francisco, definitely. Because the def- the defenses for both of those teams are playing phenomenal, okay? Uh, both of them have been aided by kind of weaker starting, um, you know, schedules and everything. But we saw San Francisco ca- dominate the Rams, which I, I'm sorry. I know Rams have lost three in a row, but that's not easy to do. I could no. think that maybe New Orleans you could put in there, um, especially, you know, with the defense is kind of dictating those games and Bridgewater's winning them. Um I'm looking through, man, and you could maybe make the argument with Green Bay, but it seems like every game there is a little bit closer than I want it to be with Green Bay. Green Bay has not dominated from start to finish. Right. Uh, Outside of that played, Dallas game. That Dallas game, I thought they kind of put it on them. But, uh, they did, and then it turned into this kind of prevent defense, yeah, try right. to kill the clock, but, yep. but Dallas made a bit of a run, so... Uh, yeah, you don't you I, don't see teams making runs against the Patriots, you know, unless they drop punts or something like that. But and you don't see teams making runs against uh, the Forty Nineers. You're right. At least you have it in a bit. No. Yep. I mean, I, I I can't recall exactly what they did at the beginning of the year, and I don't know why. Uh, maybe it's because they just weren't on my radar. But well, all I know, I is mean, I'll recently. say this, Brad. You when we did our thing, you picked the San Francisco Forty ers to make the playoffs. Um, well, I believe in Garoppolo. I think um, I think he's as pro as they come, and. Um, and he I can think, get better too. I mean, I don't. I still. I don't even think he's been playing as well as he played in his first five games of the 49ers, But he continues to be undefeated at home, by the way. Although this is a road game, I like this too. There's another storyline for everybody out there. San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan of the Shanahan's, obviously 
going back to Washington, Washington kind of did Shanahan dirty. There was talk in that building that Shanahan was like kind of like a, a boy turd in that building. Um, there's going to be some bad blood there, not only because of Mike Shanahan, his dad getting fired and him kind of getting axed, but, you know, Shanahan does not like this organization. I don't blame him. Shanahan, by the way, right after that, took Atlanta to a Super Bowl as the offensive coordinator, and now he's 5-0 and with the uh, San Francisco 49ers. So he's landed on his feet. Um, yeah, funny thing about Washington, too. So um, ex-offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan goes to the Super Bowl. Uh, ex-offensive coordinator Sean McVay goes to the Super Bowl. Ex-offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan now 5-0 and as a head coach this mm-hmm. season. Um, Washington one and five and, mm. uh, down a head coach. It's, uh, Washington, by the way, I'm not bagging on this organization. I'm, I'm bitter because I grew up loving the Redskins and I just hate Dan Snyder. So if you yeah. think I'm bagging on the Washington, I'm doing it from a place of, uh, of contempt, love and contempt. Um, yeah, I don't see Washington having any shot of controlling either line of scrimmage in this game. San Francisco is going to dominate with the defensive line. Their run game is just going to cut through them like a hot knife through butter. Uh, Tevin Coleman's going to have his way. Matt Breed is going to have his way. Garoppolo doesn't probably doesn't even have to throw a single pass, but he's going to have opportunities, I think, in my opinion, to hit Marquise Goodwin deep. Um, this secondary for Washington, they can only really lock down one receiver a game. I think that one receiver may be Debo Samuel. That's just my guess. So I think that opens things up for guys like Goodwin or Pettis or Bourne or you know, kind of take your pick. Kittle, I think, will have a nice game. Um, so I, I just don't see any. I wrote down 40 to 6. 10 points, Brad, for us is a lot to yeah. lay down. We never do that, but uh, but we do it. We're doing it this time. So San Francisco, I think, wins in an easy game over Washington. The woes continue in Washington. Sorry, Callahan, you're not going to go 2 I know this week. I'll go ahead and start with this one, Brad. Teddy Bridgewater undefeated as a starter. Um, Chicago, I don't love the offense. Um, Yeah, that's a problem. Defensively, I think they're phenomenal. I think New Orleans is playing great defensive ball. I think ever since Breeze went down, Brad, um, I think this defense really kind of stepped up and they're like, we're going to put it on our shoulders. And Lattimore's playing great ball like he did his rookie season. Uh, You have um, Chicago. I think they're going to lock, Lattimore's going to lock down Allen Robinson. Um, Trubisky or Chase or Daniel or whoever is playing quarterback there. I'm sorry, I just don't think they're as good at this point as Bridgewater is. I know Chicago's going to slam me on that. I'm sorry, that's just my opinion. That's what I'm seeing. Um, I'm not anti-Chicago because I love the defense, but uh, I just I don't I don't think that they're going to be able to hang with New Orleans. I think it's going to be a slow a, a lower scoring game. I have 19 to 16 New Orleans. I'm going to take the better team, the better quarterback. In my opinion, the slightly better coaching staff. And uh, and I'll take the three points there, Brad. Any uh, any counterpoints to that? Uh, I don't think Chicago's anything special, really. I think their defense is great, and yeah. I think it's it's fantastic. And uh, in my opinion, I, second best in the league this year behind New England's. Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's you can awesome, easily make man. the argument that Chicago's the best defense this year. Sure, sure. And Khalil Mack is a game changer, but um, defensive I don't think they have year again. Probably. Uh, I mean, say again. He could be the defensive player of the league, uh, defensive player of the year. This, I mean, he's 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 incredible. He really he's is. incredible, and I, I that was a great pickup for them. It still bothers me that Green Bay didn't pony up for that. You know but... what's funny is I thought it, here's here's an instance where I was wrong. Um, you know, I thought that trading all that draft capital for Khalil Mack was a huge mistake, and I was wrong. Way yeah, wrong right, that. right. Yeah, um, I'm not. I'm like, usually not a big fan of trading draft picks plus extending a guy because then you're getting hit in contractually and with the draft picks. 
man, was that a great move for Chicago. Hats it was. It was, it was awesome. And um, you and a few other people were wrong on that as well. But uh, beyond that, I, I don't like their offense at all. I, they don't show me anything. And I think out of all the teams in the NFC, What worries me, I think, about Chicago's offense is they're one-dimensional every week. And I, this uh-huh, is going to be uh-huh. maybe the third time I've said that. Now, the, what's concerning to me, okay, let's say the Patriots go one-dimensional. And that's a super polar opposite side because the Patriots' offense generally is pretty good. But if you go one-dimensional with the Patriots, they came into the season going to be a ground-and-pound team. And then they kind of morphed a little bit. And now it's kind of like a, a balanced offense, which you want to see. But if Brady was throwing the ball 50, 60 times a game, you know, even as a 42-year-old quarterback, it wouldn't bug. If Green Bay went one-dimensional, they couldn't get the run game going, and Aaron Rodgers just starts throwing BBs. You don't worry about that. And I'm talking about yeah. some really good quarterbacks. What worries me about Chicago is they're so they're so predicated on having the run going for them, and they can't get the run going, and that's concerning. Like I lived through as a fantasy football player, I lived through this last year with Jordan Howard. I saw the guy David Montgomery that they drafted. Everybody was like, "Oh, David Montgomery is going to be the next Priest Holmes. You know, the, he's going to be the next." Um, um, Kareem Hunt, you know, this guy, this uh, Nagy's going to coach him up. I didn't like what I saw on tape. I didn't think he was the right running back for them. I still don't think he's really the right running back. I don't love the matchup. I think Chicago needs to be using Tarek Cohen more. I know they're trying to protect him. Um, I know they're still, you know, definitely safe in the playoff hunt. You gotta, you gotta involve Tarek Cohen more in this running game to, to get this offense moving. And Chicago so far has not wanted to. Let's see what happens, though, man. New Orleans has a really strong run defense, Brad. And, uh, you know, maybe they're going to use Tarek Cohen like crazy out of the uh, the screen game like they did last year. And I think that's mm-hmm. the recipe for success for Chicago. And we'll see what happens, dude. We have uh, – they came off a bye week, by the way, yeah, Chicago. Right. So that right. also helps Chicago's cause mm. more time to, uh, to game plan. But Brad and I are both on New Orleans. All right, second to last game, we have game five here, Sunday night football, NFC East showdown. We have Philadelphia plus three at Dallas. Brad, you go ahead and start. Yeah, I think uh, Carson Wentz, I believe in him. I believe in the coaching staff of Philly. I don't believe in the coaching staff of, of Dallas. And uh, I don't think they're playing. They don't. Dallas doesn't quite know who they are yet, and I'm convinced of that. Um, when they when they hit their formula and and they pinpoint it and and they can be very strong, but it's rare that they ever do that. And um, I don't think they know how to win yet. You know, Garrett. I think maybe being an ex quarterback, he likes to throw the ball a little bit more. And I know that Kellen Moore is now the offensive coordinator and calling plays, but everybody has their hands in these game plans. Um, and let's be real about this. I mean, if, if, if Brad, if, if I was a head coach on the sideline and I thought my team was, was throwing too much, and I, I would go to the offensive coordinator and say, dude, let's come on. Let's, let's, yeah, yeah we, let's, we have Ezekiel Elliott here. Let's pound the ball more. Now, that's not to say that the, the play called distribution, the run pass distribution has been an issue, but, you know, Garrett, I'm not a big fan of Garrett. I don't even think, I don't think Dallas Cowboy fans are big fans of Garrett either. I thought the, the rumor, the rumor I was hearing, Brad, before the season was that they were grooming Kellen Moore to take over that head coaching job eventually, mm-hmm. which would be interesting. Kid? That 30 year old? Yeah, yeah, man. The guy yeah, that looks uh-huh. like uh, the, um, the, the guy from uh, that zombie movie. Um, yeah. Yeah, The Walking Dead. It's not Walking Dead. Um, it's uh, Warm Bodies. He looks like the guy from Warm Bodies. In Warm Bodies, looks like a zombie. You know, but, Garrett's been there like 10, 12 years. I know, man. Why? Isn't that wild? Yeah, it that is, is wild. So wild. It's like the yeah, yeah. 
It's the, that is the very definition of a of a control freak owner who wants a coach that he can mold and control. Um, you know, I think if if uh, let's just say another former Dallas head coach, if Bill Parcells had this team, this team would be winning more games. I think. But I'm not selling on Dallas. As I said last week, um, I'm not going to freak out because you know they lost or they laid an egg against the Jets. I actually kind of predicted something like that might happen. Um, this week, though, I like the way Philadelphia matches up with Dallas. And let me just talk about schematics for this game. I think that Dallas, uh, I'm sorry, I think that Philadelphia plays the run well. I think they limit um, Ezekiel Elliott. I don't think they, they stop him, but I think they limit him. I could see Elliott having like maybe 70, 80 yards uh, and no touchdowns. Elliott I, hasn't done much lately, has he? I mean, has, have he you had, recalled the game? I think he had game? one really nice game like two weeks ago, but he started slow. I, part of it, I think, is Dallas is bringing him on a little bit slow as well because of the holdout and all that. I haven't seen a game in a long time where he was the one that was dictating everything and keeping them in the driver's seat, you know? Get like big chunks, getting yeah. up, doing doing the deal where you where he's chewing it yeah, out. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Feed me. All I haven't that. seen that image in a long time. Yeah, I and I think part of that could be play calling. Honestly, I think maybe they might, yeah. You know, they might be uh, ready to put this this franchise on Dak's shoulders, as we've heard Callan Coward talking about and all this stuff. Brad, you and I before the season, we said this is Zeke's team. Um, not you know, no shade at Dak, who actually started the season hot against you know. I mean, let's be honest about it. A little bit of weaker competition, but I'm not selling on Dak, man. He looks pretty good. He's a different quarterback when Amari Cooper plays, though. Amari, Amari Cooper's questionable. That's a big deal. Um, we saw that when he went out early against the Jets, it changed the whole complexion of the offense. Um, again, talking schematics, I think the big uh, matchup that Dallas can exploit is the second wide receiver, who I would label as Michael Gallup, against the second um, the second coverage for. Philadelphia. Now, if Cooper doesn't play, then that means Gallup is kind of the primary guy. And then you're looking at Tavon Austin or Randall Cobb. He's also questionable, Randall Cobb. You're looking at one of those guys to win that secondary matchup. I don't like that. Um, I think, um, you know, against Dallas, I think Dallas has a great defense, but I think Philadelphia's offensive, you know, coaching is going to get things going. I like Goddard. He's coming up. Um, I think Zach Ertz is due for a really big game. Deshaun Jackson's questionable this week. He might play. If he if he's playing, that adds a whole other layer that we haven't seen since uh, Philadelphia stormed back in the second half against Washington. I mm. like Philadelphia. I just think they're the better team. They have the better quarterback. They have the better coaching staff. Three points. I know it's a division game. It's on the road. I like it. I would actually worry me more if Philadelphia was minus three. I would think that Dallas would be, you know, a little pissed at the, you know, the, the, you know, if we should be the home favorites. Well, Dallas should be the home favorites, but I'm going to take that value and I'm going to take the three points. Mm. Brad, mm. last game of the week that we're going to talk about Monday Night Football. We have the New England Patriots minus 10 at the New York Jets with Sam Darnold back. They looked good last week. Brad, how are you feeling about this uh, Jets and New England game? I think this is a pretty, pretty simple bet. It's just one of those things. You know, I would um, I wouldn't be surprised if New England was favored by 14 or or 17. You know, mm. okay, the Jets were on TV because they were playing Dallas and they finally looked like a football team. Mm. But come on, let's everybody slow down. I think uh, I think this line is incredibly low, mm. and I think New I think New England takes it. Yeah, New England dominated, but it was Luke Falk was playing quarterback, I believe, at that point. New, uh, New England dominated that first game. Um, and they didn't get the cover. I think the, the spread, if I remember correctly, it was either 
maybe that was one of the weeks where it was like 23 or something like that. And they dominated the game, and the only points that they gave up that game was um, were due to a blocked punt that uh, the Jets recovered in the end zone, and then Stidham, their backup quarterback, came in and threw a pick six. Um, and it cost the cover of that game. Now, this game is going to be completely different because Sam Darnold is back. Um, how is the offense going to look? Well, we only really have two games of data. I think Sam Darnold makes his team better, but schematically the Patriots are going to take away Le'Veon Bell. They're going to make Sam Darnold hit Randall Cobb. It's going to be a blowout, dude. Robbie Anderson. I don't know about blowout. I actually wrote down 26 to 16, but, you know, Brady against the Blitz, I think he'll be all right. But you know what New England does that that nobody else can seem to do? They can win by 10, and it's the most dominating 10-point win of the weekend, right? (laughs) It's like... They're up 10, but but the other team is not even really even that close. Yeah, they've already given up mentally. And they might as well be down 24. Right. It's a very bizarre thing that they're able to do. Uh, at least that's just how it feels to me. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And like when I wrote down 26 to 10, and eh, my computer that I run, I run four different, uh, I'm sorry, eight different equations, um, four on, on two different kind of maths. Um, and all of them came back, spat back New England, take New England, take New England. Uh, I'm going to take New England here as well. Um, look, man, coaching staff, and I like Adam Gase as a coach. Coaching staff, it, nobody's as good as Belichick, even Andy Reid, who I love as well. Um, quarterback for quarterback, they win. Defense versus defense, they win. Um, ability to run the ball, I would say usually the Jets would probably have a better run game, but then they're playing against the New England kind of schematic. I, I just, I don't see any way the Jets do this. I'll take the 10, or I'll lay the 10, I should say. And, uh, and I'll take New England. So, Brad, let me quickly go through my six favorite daily fantasy football players of the week. Um, I'm using the DraftKings numbers. Um, one quarterback, two receivers and running backs, and then one tight end. Uh, Daniel Jones, Brad, I have him at um, as my preferred quarterback. Honestly, there's not a lot of value this week. In my analytics, um, they mirror um, uh, DraftKings analytics as well, obviously, because all of my favorite quarterbacks are worth a lot. That's not the case every week. Daniel Jones, I think, is the best bargain of the week at 6,100. Um, I like him there. I like the matchup against Arizona. Um, and because of that, I'm going to give you um, a tight end that might be a good play. If if um, if Evan Ingram is out, I think Rhett Ellison is a slam dunk cheap play this week. If Ingram is in, I think he's even worth playing at 6,500. That's not a bargain, but there you go. Uh, my other tight end that I have is Darren Fells, who's playing really well for Houston. Houston's been looking his way and targeting him. And uh, when Deshaun Watson can avoid getting sacked every other play or pressured every other play, he can survey the field quite well. And Fells is um, is uh, reaping the rewards of that. My two running backs of the week, I have uh, Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman, 5,400, or I'm sorry, 5,900 and 5,600 respectively. Um, usually I don't like Devonta Freeman. I have in recent weeks. They're using him a little bit more in the run game and they're hitting him a lot more in the screen passing game. This offense for Atlanta is gelling. Their offense is actually playing quite well. It's the defense that's letting them down. Uh, they're playing the Rams. Um, it's a little bit of a tougher matchup uh, defensively. The Rams are reeling a little bit, though. I think it's going to be higher scoring. I kind of anticipate both teams being in the 30s in this game, um, but I like Freeman out of the backfield to get in the end zone. I think it's probably going to be a screen pass reception. Um, Tevin Coleman against Washington. Uh, San Francisco is going to be running all day on this team. Uh, I think they're going to be playing with the lead, and I think Tevin Coleman gets in the end zone once or twice. At receiver, I have two receivers for you. T.Y. Hilton at 5,900, and Terrell Williams for Oakland at 4,900. Hilton is back. He's healthy. I like the matchup against Houston. I think he'll get some yardage. I think he'll get 
possibly in the end zone. I like Jacoby Brissett, too. We haven't talked about him in this episode, but I like what he's doing in Indianapolis. And Terrell Williams, who's questionable. You gotta, what, you're going to want to check that uh, injury report. Oakland versus Green Bay. I don't love the matchup, but I like the value of the primary receiver only being 4900 bucks. Like Green Bay is going to give him a tough time. Uh, but Oakland, even um, you know against you know teams like the Bears and, and you know other things, they, they can get the run going. They're going to be patient with their game plan. That's what I love about John Gruden. He's he's patient. If he goes down by like 14 points, he's still going to run the ball and throw the ball the way he wants to. He's not just going to go four or five wide the whole game and just you know dink and dunk it down the field and, and try to get some some quick touchdowns. He's patient. I think Terrell Williams will uh, you know ben- uh, benefit from that patience. That's going to be an interesting Oakland and Green Bay game. Brad and I are yeah. on different sides of the fence on that one. I like Oakland. He likes Green Bay. Um, that line, by the way, is six and a half. So uh, that takes me through. Brad, do you have any teasers that you like this week? I know we kind of talked about yeah. some big lines already. Yeah, I have a great teaser. Um, first game, Baltimore Ravens are three and a half point favorite underdogs at Seattle. I would tease that seven points. And uh, you get a nice friendly ten and a half point line. Seattle is... Is, is humming because of, of Russell Wilson. Uh, but I think it's highly unlikely that they blow them out. I think they do what Seattle does and kind of squeak it out, you know? Yep. Russell Wilson will find a way to, to – they'll be down 17, uh, you know, with two minutes left in the third quarter. And then yeah. before you know it, they win by one. Yeah, Somehow. it's – you know, they've, they've created 18 points for themselves at the very last minute. This is, I mean, this is one of my favorite games of the week, this Baltimore-Seattle yeah. game. And yeah. we're on opposite sides of the fence here. I actually took Baltimore. Um, I like your Russell Wilson at home argument that you made earlier in, in Get Paid this week. I have not come over as of yet to Baltimore. Um, I thought Baltimore would win 24-23. to 23. And uh-huh. I mentioned earlier in this show that Seattle starts the game slow. Well, if you start slow against Jacksonville, Jacksonville can run you just into the ground. You and Baltimore? Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm at Baltimore. Yeah. I'm at Baltimore. Yeah. And so Baltimore has that run game that they can just, whether it's Lamar Jackson, like in the, out of a pistol or something, or whether they're handing to Ingram or Gus Edwards or Justice Hill, they can run the ball. And then off yeah. of that, they can yeah. hit they can hit Mark Andrews or uh, Hayden Hurst or any of their tight ends. And Marquise Brown, by the way, is questionable. They can hit him over the top. They're a three-level offense that can run the ball whenever they want to. And because of that, they can throw the ball whenever they want to. Really interesting game. I I. <laughs> I like both of these teams. Like, I'm kind of pulling it off my board because I don't know what to do, but I like your 10.5, bet it up to 10.5. That's a nice, friendly line. I agree. This one's going to be close regardless of who wins. Yep. I could see Baltimore yep. winning. Um, I could see Seattle winning close as well, but I don't see either team blowing the other one out. 10.5, that's a good one, Brad. Mm-hmm. And to add to it, the Cardinals are three-point underdogs at New York Giants. I think uh, if you you know you got to you got to move that one seven as well. So that makes them ten-point underdogs. I don't think that they're any less of a team than New York is mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form. So I think that's a close one as well. Yeah, I and, and again, this is another game that we're on opposite sides of the fence. I love that too because I am on um, Arizona actually this week. Uh, I have them winning, and I guess you could consider it an upset, but I think they're they're two strong teams. Sure. I think Arizona, you know, they started slow with Kyler Murray. He's found his groove, dude. I love watching that guy yeah. play. He's like a yeah. little water bug. If, yeah. if you don't know the reference, Brad and I are from Florida, but, you know, you get these little bugs in the ground that just, like, zip across the, uh, the thing. Dude is fast. Like, yeah. the height. There, You know where it really is starting, it, it, it kind of bums Arizona out at this point, is if they have, like, a first and goal from the two and everything's condensed, 
um, it's a little bit hard because then you have to have him like roll to the right or the left to basically get, get yeah. out of the way of this tall defensive line. Or if it's like a fourth and goal or, a, I'm, I'm sorry, like a fourth and one or third and one and they're trying to pass off of that, that's when his balls are being uh, batted down. But it seems like he's finding those windows. The offensive line coach, I think, there is doing a great job of, of getting him throwing windows. I like watching Kyler Murray play, man. I was high on him before the season. I was hoping that like what he's doing now is, is what he would do. I'm just... As a football fan, man, I'm I'm glad to see it. They're always an interesting watch. That's like that's a game you look at on the schedule, Brad. Like if we were before the season, you see Arizona and New York. You know, week seven, you're thinking, Ugh, I'm not going to watch that right, one. Right. I would but love to watch this. It's game, intriguing, man. yeah. No kidding. There's man. like there's I, no I bad too. games on the schedule. If you're an NFL fan, there's not really a bad game on the schedule outside of maybe um, Jacksonville, Cincy. Yeah, that's a little bit Would of an Would you want to sit one. down and watch that one? Miami-Buffalo, uh, that's going to be a tough watch, I think. Yeah, um, Chargers-Titans is a tough one. But beyond that, man. Yeah, and I think I think San Francisco-Washington is a tough one just because I think it'll be a blowout. It's but it'll one-sided, be, right. But right. even that has storylines. Uh, Brad, by the way, we uh, we did agree on a couple other just before we end the show here. We actually t- we both took Miami plus 16.5. We think Buffalo controls this game, wins it, but, you know— like I told Brad, can you imagine like uh, like a like a twenty to seven game that Buffalo controls the whole way? I could see that happening. So sixteen and a half for me is a little bit too much there. Um, there's one more. We both hesitantly took the Chargers plus two over the Titans, but you know we didn't include it in this show for a reason. And I think that's it. I think that takes us through all the ones that we agreed on, buddy. All right, man. Well, another great episode, Brad. I appreciate it. Um, everybody out there, you know, Brad and I are on a roll as we tend to do uh, later in the season once we have some more in-season data. So go out, make some bets, get paid, baby. <laughs> <laughs>